The Chicago Bulls get a win against the Charlotte Hornets, and Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic make their return to the Chicago Bulls. Zach Levine really stands out in fitting within what the team did, but still find a way to get his shots off. We're going to talk a little bit about that game. We're also going to talk about why Alice Caruso and Patrick Williams did not play and what's going on with them. And lastly, Billy Donovan not wanting Kobe White's role to change and how, with the new additions coming back, how he expects the young players to be affected. All that plus the mailbag right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host, Sarah Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today, and of course, Zach, the Chicago Bulls won yesterday against the Charlotte Hornets, which they should have done. The Hornets are an inferior team. The Bulls should have taken care of business. But really kind of the things that we're looking at in that game is how Zach Levine looked upon his return. And, you know, that's one thing that he really looked pretty good in. 16 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. He passed up some shots early, which he talked about. We're going to play a clip of that here in a little bit. But overall, Zach Levine really fit in with what the Bulls were doing, with trying to move the ball, things like that. Didn't really stop the ball too much. Matter of fact, after the first half, a lot of Bulls fans were actually saying they wish Zach Levine would have not passed up so many shots. So I think that this is a good place to be in for Zach Levine um, in his return, trying to fit in with this new look offense and the way that players have grown and things with him being out. That's definitely something that you want to stick out to. And at the end of the day, really like uh, what, what Zach Levine did. He really played really well um, in that and, and, you know, hitting a big three-pointer and a dunk before the end of the first half. Those five points getting, like I said, 16 points overall in the game. Zach Levine really stood out um, in, in a way that, you know, coming off the bench really found his rhythm and, and way going on. And he talked a little bit about it after the game. He said this. What stood out to you about the way you guys played offensively as a team? Unselfishly, um, move the ball. You know, played with pace uh, and just competed. That's pretty much what we came into the season doing, you know, and, you know, that's what we were trying to work on. Obviously, every game is different. You know, some games you got to insert yourself a little bit more or a little bit less. But, uh, you know, we'll stick with what we've been trying to do. I think I can be efficient in any any offense. You know, as long as I go out there and do my job, I'll be fine. A couple of times guys told me to, you know, shoot it. You know, obviously they know what I do, but I just wanted to feel my way into the game. Uh, I missed a little bit more in a month, so I could I could pick up offensively when I need to. But uh, you know, I wanted to just get up and down the court a couple times. I'm asleep so well tonight, y'all don't understand. I mean, <laughs> I had a couple rebounds where you know I could have pushed the ball on the break, and I was just looking for Demar and Kobe. Like I'm gonna just go to the corner real fast and just catch my breath and hopefully uh, you know get a get a good get a good break. But it's uh, you know I'll be I'll get my wind over the next couple games. And I love how Zach Levine admitted that his conditioning was a little bit off. That's that's a level of humility that you don't always get to hear with things of just saying, yeah, there are some times where I got a rebound and I went over there and stood in the corner. The conditioning aspect is going to have to come back for Zach Levine. And I also think with the quicker way that the Bulls are, are playing, the quicker way that the ball is moving around, all that conditioning is going to be an important part. But at least for this first game back, Zach Levine played really well in it. And one of the things that I want, I know a lot of it's going to get, you know, how he fit in, the passing, things like that. But Zach Levine's defense, Zach Levine was really engaged defensively from the moment he checked into the game, and that was something that was really noticeable. Zach Levine always has kind of, you know, he's been a solid on-ball defender at times, but the thing that he's always been really lacking at was his off-ball defense. He was really aware and, and, and staying uh, locked in and stuff like that, even playing off-ball defense last night, and that is a big part 
of what's going on with this uh, Chicago Bulls team and why, you know, Zach Levine can fit in. And if Zach is going to give that effort consistently on the defensive side of the ball, hey, man, that's something that really can can really help change where this team is uh, uh, wholeheartedly, right? If Zach Levine is going to be giving that effort defensively the whole time, man, that's 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 really something to build off of. Now, again, you can't always expect it, especially when there's going to be games where he, we really need big offensive output from him. But, uh, yeah, look really good out there in his minutes with Kobe as well. You know, them finding their balance. And, you know, I love that Billy Donovan talked about before the game that he didn't want Kobe White's role to change at all. We're going to talk a little bit about that towards the end of the show. But just really locked in. And overall, the team played a really good game. When you look at five players scoring in double digits for the Chicago Bulls, and really it would be the five, uh, you know, starters outside of Io DeSumo who scored 12 points. Alex Caruso was out in this game. But Vooch with uh, 11 and 7 and 3 upon his return. So 11.7 rebounds, 3 assists. He missed some really easy bunnies at the rim, but he made up for it with a dunk. He was one for five from three-point range. Come to expect that from, from Nikola Vucevic, but Kobe White as well, seven of 12 from the field, 22 points. He goes three of six from three-point range. He also chips in 10 rebounds, six assists. I really do think that triple-double's coming from Kobe White at one point, uh, but he also, in this game, uh, passed Scottie Pippen on the all-time three-point shooting list, and he said this afterwards. It's a blessing, man. I'm blessed to be here. Try not to never take these moments for granted. He's him. He's him. Never forget that. Look at his haircut. He's him. And I love, like, Kobe White is just, a, him and Io, like, they just bring fun to the team, right? The team, as we're building identity, you know, having players with big personalities like Kobe White is, has made it fun as well. And just the ascension that Kobe White's been on. And even Io DeSumo pointed out he got a haircut because Kobe was looking rough out on that road trip. Shout out to Kobe for getting back home and getting, getting the lineup because he needed it. But with that said, it really, really good game. Maybe that's what was wrong with Kobe shooting. Maybe he just needed a lineup. You know, as, as, as men, sometimes after we go to the barbershop, we're at our most optimal. So maybe that's what it was for Kobe White. But really good to see Kobe White still have the impact that he did. I would assume we're giving us some really good minutes as well with 12 uh, points, five assists, four rebounds, one steal, and two blocks from Io DeSumo. He just continues to find a way to be an impact player. Yeah, he misses some corner threes. He was two for three from three-point range in uh, yesterday's game, though, so he he learned from the, the one-in-five game the night before, well, a couple of days before. So shout out to Io DeSumo for having that impact. And then DeMar DeRozan, six of 10, 17 points, six uh, assists, three, three steals in this game. And DeMar DeRozan just keeps evolving his game and finding ways to fit in with this team. And that's why you got to give uh, some time. But one of the stories that I also want to talk about is Dalen Terry getting his first NBA start, 21 minutes. He scored eight points, making two back-to-back threes, four assists, two steals, one rebound. Dalen Terry is starting to figure it out. And, you know, guys said a lot in the comments is that the game seems like it's slowing down for him. And that is something that's real, that it does seem like it's slowing down for him considerably. And we're really seeing him you know, understand how to make an impact. Is it still perfect? Does he still need to work on the shot? Yes, all those things need to still happen. He's still got tons of things that he needs to work on, and hopefully he's putting in some time with Peter Patton. But but overall, right now, is that Dalen Terry's really the, the extra minutes that he's getting, and he's going to be getting as long as Torrey Craig's out. Um, You know, they're really – and the defense is impactful. He's finding a way to impact the game. And I'll say this, once Alex Caruso and Patrick Williams comes back as well, the, the, I, I, I'm almost at the point of saying I'd rather see Dalen Terry out there than Javon Carter if anybody's going to lose minutes, not only because of how it plays into the future, but I just think that Javon Carter's just been a big disappointment. But maybe that's something we talk about at a later time. You guys can let me know what you think on that. But with that said, Alex Caruso and Patrick Williams did not play. Uh, Billy Donovan after the game saying that Patrick Williams tried really hard to fight through it. 
um, but also commended him saying that he he commends Patrick Williams for being truthful because he wasn't always so open with things that were nagging him and bothering him early in his career. So, you know, Alex Cruz on Patrick Williams, the way that I looked at it is that this was a good opportunity to get them a few extra days off. We had played on Wednesday. We didn't play again until Friday. We play on Monday. The fact that, you know, they, they took off this, this uh, yesterday's game, it gives them from, from Wednesday when they stop playing until Monday when they play for just some additional rest to heal up that ankle and things like that that are going on with the team. So, you know, I understand what the Bulls did, especially on an opponent like the Charlotte Hornets. Um, you know, it, it, you, 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 can, you can take your chances against a Hornets team like that. And so it seems like, you know, all, all things are pointing towards both guys being back available Monday um, as well as, you know, that, that just that, that makes sense, right? And so seeing what this team could look like at the closest version of full powers they're going to get with Torrey Craig still being out into the end of February, beginning of March, um, it's going to be interesting to see how everything kind of shakes out. And we've got some quotes from Billy Donovan uh, we're going to read here in a second in regards to that. But um, after the game, Nikola Vucevic did say that he does think he will return to the starting lineup on Monday, which kind of falls in lines with what I said. And Levine also said that he feels like his minutes restriction may be lifted in Monday's game also. So not he didn't say anything about starting. We'll see what happens with that. But really, really overall, all these injury things make sense. You get some time in. And I really can't wait to see what the Chicago Bulls team looks like at, at like I said, the closest thing they can get to full health that really adds some depth, right? You're moving Alex Caruso back to the bench unit at that point. Drum's going to move back to the bench unit at that point. And then you're looking at, um, and Daylon Terry as well. So you're looking at, um, at a at a bench unit of having Io DeSumo, uh, uh, Alice Caruso, Andre Drummond, with Daylon Terry and, and Javon Carter also getting some minutes off that bench. And so, and when you look at the size and things like that of Daylon Terry, I I would hope that he kind of gets more of those minutes. You guys can let me know what you think. But as we get closer to fully healthy, seeing what this team looks like from now into the deadline is, I think, is going to be really really important as well. So we'll end up seeing what happens with that man. But really excited to see. Uh, what this ends up turning into and how the Bulls can continue playing over this stretch. Let's get everybody back healthy as close to it as possible. And then let's ride it out, man. I'm really, really excited for it. But with that, with that said, Billy Donovan did talk a little bit about Kobe's role and the, and the young players and things like that. And he said this, well, the minutes, that's going to be something that could, that could be challenging. Uh, but in terms of when they're on the floor, the, uh, the younger players need to do the things that they have been doing. I think because I think I was, it was maybe Milwaukee game, both DeMar and Zach Levine were out. Zach Levine missed some extended time, so that's opened up some more minutes in the backcourt. Certainly, as, as Levine gets his legs back under him and he gets off a minutes restriction, he's going to get back to his normal rotation and what he's done. So when you have players that are coming back, certain, certainly the minutes for certain guys, it could change, but it doesn't mean that where they're in there, I want them to do anything different. We need to continue to do the things, quite honestly, that we've been working on and trying to get better since the season started. It wasn't like Zach Levine went out there, went out, and okay, he's out. We have to revamp our offense. We never did that. Now, the key thing in that that I think he said is re the offense never got revamped, right? And I think what he means by that, because I know Bulls fans are going to read that quote and say, but wait a second, this offense felt different. We talked about how, like, the ball was moving around more. We're not sticking around. We're running more catch and shoots, things like that. But I think that was always the hope of this offense. And I think one of the reasons why we didn't see the offense look that fluid at the beginning of the season is the core three players were all shooting towards their career low in percentages so it kind of played off into that. So hearing that he wants the young players to stay the same, he talked. He said before the game that Kobe White's role is not going to change. I think that's a really big part of it. And, you know, having that vision of how Zach Levine can fit in, I always said when Zach did come back, if he did come back, is that it was going to be a coaching job. Billy Donovan was going to have to actually coach. And it seems like at least for one game he did that pretty solidly. He said this as well. I think Zach Levine can play any style of play. He's a great transition player. Obviously he can shoot it. He's an elite scorer. 
he'll have opportunities. I actually thought there were some opportunities that he could have shot the ball a little bit more tonight. I think he's going to try to make uh, make sure the ball is moving. He's making quick decisions and getting off of it. I think this for the first game back, being out as long as he's been out, having to come off the bench in the minutes, being a little different than what he's accustomed to, he played well. And I think everybody kind of agrees with that. Zach Levine came in, and he, and he fit in with what the Bulls are doing, and that was the thing that was the most important part of this. And so shout out to, to Zach Levine for what he was able to do. Shout out to Billy Donovan for the coaching job as well. Let's just keep it up because we've got to make sure that these players stay engaged. And when Patrick Williams comes back, he can't revert back to passive P. We still need Patrick Williams that's been aggressive, that's been playing well on defense, that's been going after um, the rebounds and putbacks and things like that. We still need that Patrick Williams. And if you add the defense that he's been bringing with Zach Levine and his scoring prowess back into the starting lineup, man, the sky, hey, we'll see where, where it can end up going with that, man. But all right. It's Saturday, so that means it's mailbag day. Let's go ahead and get into the voicemails. This first one, this one's from Bulls Daily. Hey, what's going on, Ash? Bulls Daily. Um, from the lower end of that rack, love all my Chicago Bulls fans and just all my Chicago fans, period. Um, I just wanted to take this. I have a card in a while. I'm going to just um, take this time to kind of just speak on a few different things, mainly Zach Levine, but just a few different topics. So, number one, what I want to just get out the way is, I feel like Andre Drummond should have never took this long for BD to realize the impact that Andre could really give to this team. I know Andre make a lot of stupid decisions sometimes, and it's like, what the fuck are you doing? But at the end of the day, a person that's like that, you you, you put them out there. You let them make their own mistakes. That's the only way people can learn is when they learn from their mistakes. Like, they have to make their mistake and learn from it so they know what not to do again. But he's not a new player. He's an NBA veteran. So with that being said, just off the fact that he's a veteran, trust him more. Give him the opportunity to earn your trust by leaving him out there. Even during times when you uh, take him out and bring in Nikola Vucevic, let's switch it up a little bit. Let's be like, all right, I'm going to give Andre this time to shine. Let's see how he reacting this time. I mean, hey, we fucking losing anyway. And you like be on the road to championship right now. Why not throw all types of shit out there and see what works? At least we know Andre actually act like a big man and boom, that shit. First thing Nicola Vucic is going to do is try to back you down, salty tail, turn around hook. Nigga, you not Kareem, bro. We know your whole move already. Good on Nick. Like, chill with that shit, bro. But anyway, uh, so now I got that out the way. I also want to talk about Kobe White, Ayo Defoe, Patrick Williams. I feel like they've really been developing this year. Well, not just this year. Um, these past few years, specifically this year, though, I feel like I've really seen them develop and actually whatever they've been working on in the summertime is actually translated over to the NBA. And that's, I mean, it's actually translated over to their playing time. And that's, that's, that's great to see. And I love that. And I really feel like with this whole speculation about Jacques Levin, I feel like any one of them three, maybe two or possibly all three, could turn into that next Zach Levine. And imagine if we got three of those type players, not Zach Levine players, but all NBA, all-star type players that we drafted. That hit a lot different on Mick. Like that, that's going to hit different for the shit. All right, and so Bulls Daily may have cut off in the spot. So Bulls Daily left two voicemails. He went into a different topic with Zach Levine. I'll play that on tomorrow's mailbag. Wanted to make sure everybody in Bulls Daily knows that didn't cut his voicemails. It was really long, so we're going to use some of it on tomorrow's mailbag. But as far as Billy Donovan taking too long to give Andre Drummond minutes, and I understand where you're coming from. It's like, let, let players learn and grow through it. I'm going to offer a counterpoint. Not to say I disagree with what you said, but I'm going to offer a counterpoint. Andre Drummond has started over 700 games in his career. He's, he's been a starter. He's a veteran. 
So I think that that mentality of let them figure it out, let them grow through it. Like you kind of know who a player is by the time they're they're ten years in the league, and that's where Drummond is, right? And that's not to say that Drummond is not going to have absolutely games where you can play him twenty five minutes and he's a goat. But you know, Drummond does that some of that boneheaded stuff, as you did say, and you admitted. And I think it's it's about experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home. Bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code BULLCENTRAL but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. When Drummond's playing well, you let him ride that out. When he's not playing well, yeah, you're going to get some games where he plays 14 minutes. But when he's playing well, he's engaged, he's not making those mistakes. Absolutely, Andre Drummond deserves to play more minutes when he's playing that way. And it, it, like you said, it gives Vooch some opportunities to rest, right? Things like that. It can keep the injuries down. So definitely think with that. And I, and I agree with you on that one. But just wanted to offer that counterpoint. Uh, Drummond has been around so long, kind of understand who and what he is, right? And that's not really going to change too much. But what you do around him is really important in that as well. And as far as the young players' development, I'm right there with you, brother. Like the young players are developing really, really well. For the Chicago Bulls, man, and it's really brightening up the future. Even seeing Daylon Terry, like as he's like, if you look through the first game where Daylon Terry was getting double digit minutes till now, that he you can tell ways that he's improved. Is it perfect? Hell no. He's still got a ton of development he needs to do. But that's the importance of playing young players. That's why you hear Bulls fans asking for Adama Sonogo and Julian Phillips to get minutes because a lot of them uh, us understand that as yeah, it's gonna be ugly at first. You're gonna make some mistakes, and there's definitely gonna be some games. We're like, why are you out there? But what comes out on the other side of that, I think, is something that really benefits the growth and development. And I and I definitely agree with you there, brother. Great points, man. Um, and and like I said, your your Zach Levine points. I'm going to play on tomorrow's mailbag because we had like seven total minutes of of uh, Bulls daily. Well, it's more like six and a half total minutes of Bulls daily. All great points, and we'll get some of those on tomorrow's mailbag as well. All right, let's get into the next voicemail. This one's from Corey Mays. Yo, what's up, Hayes? This mom is Corey Mays. Good morning. God bless. I love what you're doing. Quick question. Now, is Kobe White as good as Tyrese Maxey? Would you trade Kobe White straight up for Tyrese Maxey? I mean, because I would. And that lets me know one thing, that our best player is not even good as Philadelphia's second best player. Because if DeMar's not the future, Zach is definitely not the future. Booch is definitely not the future. Then what? Then what are we doing? Like, is are we we don't have the right personnel and in, in there right now. Like, we need someone to carry this team into the future, and we're not gonna get them in a trade. Obviously, we're not gonna get them in free agency because when the last time we have, we've really done that. So we're just gonna ignore the obvious thing, which is drafting him and developing him. Now I can see if they was gonna continue to go down this path and and work on their developing skills, then cool. But to compete for nothing, to compete to not even get be in a position of let's just make it to the playoffs and and we can, you know, maybe we can compete for a championship because 
who knows, injuries, this and that. We're nowhere near that position. So why are we not focusing on bringing in the right people to develop and, and make us a superstar? Because if we're not doing this to win championships, then what are we doing it? Just to be cheerleaders? <laughs> to shake our pom-poms and say, hey, we won a few games? That's crazy to me because, I mean, I don't know about you. I grew up in Chicago. When we were playing at the park, we we did it for wins. We was trying to run the table, never get off the, the, the court, always winning. And, if I mean, that's the game. If you're winning, you're winning. If you're losing, then it's time to switch things up, move things around. But that was just my question. Is Tyrese Maxey as good as – well, was Kobe White as good as Tyrese Maxey? All right. All right, so here's the thing I'm going to uh, say with you. Uh, as far as is Tyrese Maxey a better player than Kobe White, I don't really think that that's a good compare. A, Tyrese Maxey has started his whole career. And I think that there's not, if you look at the statistics and the advanced analytics, there's not that much difference between them. And I also think that you, you use the Sixers. Let's use that, for example. It's not as simple as just it, you, you, you win championships. You have to build, right? And the Philadelphia 76ers have an MVP and generational talent in Joel Embiid. How many finals have they been to? This microwave mindset of, oh, if it's not working, we got to move off of it. It's not like you have to build and you have to do that steadily over time. It takes time. Now, I agree. The Bulls do need to develop. That's why you're seeing the player development staff come in here. But it's, but to act like, you know, Tyrese Mack and use that of all. He's been playing with an MVP caliber player his whole career and, and James Harden for most of that time as well. How far have they made, right? How far have they made? Yeah, they're playing great. They've won a lot of regular season games. But I think you're using this if you're not winning championships mode and you've literally used a, a, a team that that tanked and, 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 and did the process for years and has nothing to show for it, not even a conference finals to show for it, right? So, it, yes, it takes time, but it's not as simple as, hey, these pieces aren't moving. Let's just move everybody. And bring, like, you'll be in a state of doing that every three years if it comes down to it. Now, the Bulls are, and what we've heard, do want win-now players in any type of deal that they'll look for. That's what they're prioritizing. But it takes time, and the development aspect takes time as well. And to say that, oh, well, Kobe White, our best player, is only as good as the, as the Philadelphia Sixers, second best player. Okay, and? And he's doing that without an MVP-level caliber player next to him. Like, if you put Kobe on a team like Joel, like having Joel Embiid, imagine how, how Kobe would be able to go. If we've seen how much Kobe, when he has another player that's just a threat to score out there, how much it – Come on, man. We got The comparisons are bad. Like, the comparisons are just bad in this one, my brother Corey. But I, like I said, I understand where, what it's rooted in. The Bulls needing to do the right things to be able to be that team that can be able to reach a championship. But there is something that you do between there. It's not as simple as, hey, you're just trying to win a lot of games or you're winning a, a championship. There's, stated, there's, there's steps that you have to get there, too. And one of those steps is becoming a consistent playoff team. There's only been, a, 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 like, three teams in NBA history that have gone from being a bad team to a championship contender and actually made a finals. And usually, even, even like Golden State Warriors is probably the closest uh, to that recently, but even the, our Bulls, right? You talk about you grew up in Chicago, our Bulls. Look how long it took us to go through the playoffs before we were getting there. And yeah, yes, once Scotty got there, things happened, but that team had already been going through that rigmarole and, and that development of, of, of getting knocked out the playoffs for years and years and years. So I just think it's a bad comparison, Corey, but I understand what you're what you're getting at there, brother. All right, let's get into this uh, next one. This one's from Shay. Yo, hey, I don't know if you paid attention, but uh, Jonathan Cominga said that he don't really trust Steve Kerr. Now, look, I'm not saying that he could turn this team around, but he could definitely be what we need if DeMar DeRozan decides to move on. 
Look, I know we have Terry Taylor, Julian Phillips, whatnot and whatnot, but hey, man, them these dudes are barely getting minutes, and they are way behind the years. Plus, this guy is this guy is an NBA champion, and maybe he could be a replacement for Demar. Hey, hey, worst for the worst, he could probably get a chance to spread his wings, and then he comes from a winning system. He probably can help us out a lot. Anyway, tell me what you think. Peace. I'm not as high on Kaminga. I, like, I'm just going to be honest with you. Say that he's a perfect replacement for DeMar. He doesn't shoot the three ball effectively. And to me, like, I, the attitude, right? Um, Having a player that that you're saying, oh, I don't think Kerr can do anything for my – Steve Kerr? We're talking about probably a Hall of Fame coach already with his first team, Steve Kerr? Like, come on, man. Like, I get it. And Kaminga can't help this team. He does have talent. Don't get me wrong in that, right? But I think that when you look at the, at the Warriors and what we'd have to take back in any type of deal to get Kaminga – that means taking back CP3, and I just don't – I'm good on that. I'm, I'm kind of good on that. Shout out to Kaminga. Like, Kaminga still has tons of talent, right? I don't want to act like Kaminga is this player that can't develop and still hit new heights. He absolutely can. But um, when it comes down to it, I think this, uh, you know, I don't know if the Bulls can get a player like that back. We'll see. I think it's better at developing their own. Um, but, you know, we'll end up seeing what happens with that. But let's get into this next voicemail where I'm about to absolutely cook somebody. Let's go ahead and get into it now. Yeah, this is the channel of the Savior. We vicious again. And it's good to see, and I already knew for a fact, that your um, Zach Levine rumors was going to get debunked in your source were, you know, I knew this for a fact. What real guy, what real human would want to play with some young guys who's not ready? That's what it was all about. The, the the organization had to get player development people to help develop and speed up their development so they can play up to a standard level of a, a, a title contender team. Zach, DeMar, Vooch, and fucking Andre Drummond was already ready. Everybody else, they needed player development. And then with this win-loss record on Levine's name, he, he had – Nothing but bogus-ass fucking team. That's why that records look like that. And then, why would you play so fucking hard and get hurt for a team that's not ready and they're not producing? That's what that's all about. The rumors coming, the trade rumors coming towards his way and him feeling some type of way by putting his blood, sweat, and tears in this fucking city, making us fucking relevant all the fucking years, and, and, and at least doing his best, too, when we wasn't. And then they they got a fucking nerve to tell him or or uh, say he, we want to trade him. As a human, you will feel that shit too. So of course you will secretly oh yeah think oh if I do get traded I would like to go here I would want to go there. That's what that's all about. He didn't just want or think about a fucking trade. He just wanted more and better players around him, or he wanted them players to actually step up. You got to look at not just the basketball business aspect, but the human aspect. He don't want to fucking go nowhere. That's why he signed a franchise deal. You you got completely debunked. And I do analytics and all that shit. I will rip your ass apart. I still fuck with you, but I will rip your ass apart and you still continuing and carrying this false fucking narrative on Zach Levine's name. All right. So first of all, you, you, you can't even, you don't even know what the words you're using it means debunked what got debunked nothing got debunked nothing do you know what the word debunk means you are so you remind me of black tony from the ricky smiley show the dude who used to call in and cry over over gucci man not being played like what what are we even talking about here 
You are so busy getting your panties in a twist because you you don't hear your opinion come out of somebody else's mouth, and then you try to say, he got the bunk. I can smash that all up. What the fuck are you even saying? Zach, Zach Levine didn't want to put a body out there. That's your job. You're, you're, you're literally capping for a guy who came out there and basically didn't want to do his job. Now, the thing is, Zach Levine came back and played well, so this is not against Zach at all, but your dumbass mindset and your weak-ass mind, I'm going to, it got debunked. I can smash all that up. Nigga, you can't even fucking co- uh, get your words together well enough to come up with a coherent statement in a voicemail that you had three minutes to cook on and you didn't say shit. All you sit there and said basically was, oh, well, well Zach Levine didn't want to, he didn't want to play for a team and they had to get this team back together. Your job is to go out there and play. That is your absolute job. What got debunked? The team didn't want to trade Zach Levine. They've been turning down trade rumors for Zach for years. So get your narrative out your fucking ass and realize how to come on and and actually objectively view something. That's what you need to do. Talking about something got debunked. Nothing got debunked because Zach Levine came back and played to mean something got debunked. You're a fucking idiot if you think that. You're a fucking dumbass. Like, just to be quite frank with you, and I don't even like roasting people that call in and cook just because their opinions are different. But the fact is, you got you try to sit there, and because you didn't hear your opinion come out of somebody's mouth, try to act like you like you're talking about. They want to play for a contender team. What the fuck are you even saying? Nothing that you said made a lick of sense. Made a lick of sense. Nothing. As the player that's that's supposed to be a leader, you, to to try to remove Zach Levine's responsibility from where the Bulls were. Again, it's not all on him. You're right. And people that do use his win loss record overall do absolutely miss the fact that Zach Levine has been on bad teams his whole career. But to act like part of the reason why the Bulls were where they are as far as not winning games wasn't in part some to Zach Levine, again, I'm not one to blame everything on one aspect. But to act like it wasn't partially on that, you're a fucking dumbass if you really think that Zach Levine wasn't part of why the Chicago Bulls were struggling. And he needed to play better. And if you don't think that, you're a dumbass, bro. You are literally a dumbass. I'm sorry. Just frank. You're a fucking idiot. If that's what you really do think. So you can talk about the human aspect and all this. And I get that. I understand that. That is why I have said several times, I can understand Zach Levine wanting to go to another team. Because again, reaching on the other side of 30 soon, wanting to be able to compete for a title. I understand all of that. But that still didn't debunk anything as far as Zach Levine and his, and his management requesting a trade. And you got to understand what do you can talk. I know all the analytics and all that. No, no, you can't even form a fucking sentence on some you know analytics. Shut the fuck up. All right, let's get into the last voicemail for today. This one's from Known Sage. C.O. Hayes, No Sage for your mailbag. Just some quick thoughts about that Hornets win. I was actually listening to the score at 6.70 a.m. because I don't think Pat the Designer had a watch party on his YouTube channel. And I think I heard Bill Wilson and Chuck talk about Jalen Terry hit some back-to-back shots. Like, were they actually three-pointers? I was literally trying to look up these stats. I'm like, I know he got eight points, but... Did he literally hit some three balls? Like, man, just throwing me off, man. It's nice to see him actually putting in some work there, adding his poisonous to it. So, um, really dope there. And, again, I know it's just the Hornets and all, but it's nice to see that he's getting some time. Even though Zach was back, it was Dale and Terry's time, apparently. But I guess my question for you is, like, um, I thought I heard there was a world where Billy – Donovan thought maybe Truman and Booch could play at the same time. I didn't really get to see that happen that much as of late. Obviously, with Booch being back as well. But could that even happen, like, I guess, effectively or productively? So that was my thought. Hope we get him again next time for the next Hornets win. Peace. First of all, 
You don't always have to say that you're that you're leaving it for the mailbag. The voicemail is for the mailbag. You don't have to, I'm, you're calling in for the, we know that's what the number's there for, known Sage. What are we doing? That's my God. But seriously, you don't have to keep saying that, you, that you're leaving it for the mailbag. Once you leave the voicemail, I know it's for the mailbag. Uh, but I agree with you. Dalen Terry definitely put in work. And I love to see the way that Dalen Terry performed in the game uh, because it was big and it was important uh, for, for Dalen Terry to just have that natural step and progression and find out a way to be able to contribute how he did. Now, as far as Andre Drummond and Nikola Vucevic playing well together, um, well, we did hear that on the announce table that that Billy Donovan said that there's certain situations where he may be able to go to that lineup, but he's worried about it defensively, things like that. I still don't think that we see it much. The Drum and Vooch playing together thing, that's just not a really big thing for this team. But I am glad that the Bulls got a win over the Charlotte Hornets team. The way they got the win, how they played as a team, appreciate all that, man. But, guys, thank you so much for leaving voicemails. Make sure you leave more for Sunday's episode. If you want to follow the show, you can do so at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. And like I liked in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See red if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media. Media.